You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your electronic device that I assume you're listening to this on, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm A.G. Andrews, FG's from thecouch.com, and I have to assume you're listening on an electronic device. I mean, unless it's like potato powered or something. I don't even know if potatoes can do that, but if you're managing it, kudos to you, friend. This is the second half of a Friday night doubleheader. In the first half, I basically just was the opposite of a Leafs fan at this moment in regards to the Blue Jays batters and what they were doing in the batter's box and on the field. And I really don't want to revisit it. So let's move on. In this episode, we are talking about the pitchers and we're going to focus on the starters primarily. I will be discussing the team as a whole but I want to save the bullpen, like, specific kind of stuff for tomorrow's episode. So, that's where we're at. So, let's talk about something better than the Blue Jays' bats. And I swear, I'm not going to do that every time. Just, ah, uh, just they're so bad. Anyway, um. I'm going to start with the bad just to get it out of the way so I can end this doubleheader on like a positive note in the back end. Um, the first game in Atlanta was disgusting. There was no way around it. Matt Shoemaker had the worst start he's ever had in a Blue Jays uniform, which, I mean, that's going to happen. He's not going to be an approximation of Cy Young every time he steps onto the mound. But, yeah, giving up three home runs and just compounding it with, you know, unnecessary base runners just to really make them hurt. It was hard to watch. And he rightfully did not last very long into that game. That's, there's no shame in that. That's what's true for a lot of starters in this season. They just can't go deep. And that's fine. It's good to get a game like that out of the system and then just forget about it. Move on. There were, I mean, that was that was the day after the layoff anyway. So it wasn't like Shoemaker was on his usual routine. And it showed. It showed how uncomfortable it was was for him. It showed how he wasn't able to place the pitches where he wanted. And the same could be said for Tanner Roark in tonight's contest. Roark walked four of the first five batters he faced. He had a strike to ball ratio at one point of I believe 29 pitches and seven of them were strikes. And a couple of those were only because they were hit. So, 
I'm saying it was always going to be difficult for the Blue Jays to come out of such a layoff and expect some level of continuity, especially from guys who have been around the league a while and have their their set minds going into it. And I know during a broadcast tonight, um, Book Martinez is like, well, Tanner Roark was a fifth starter for a long time, so he's used to having those 10 days off where he can pitch. That's a long time ago, Buck. I mean... You can ask me to do a century club, but I haven't done that in, like, five years, so I'm not going to be very good at it. Probably not going to make it. Tanner Roark definitely didn't make it. The point is, this has been a, a weird week for the Blue Jays when it comes to pitching, and... You know, it's it's going to take time for them to get back into rhythm. Unfortunately, time is not something the Blue Jays have. They're now four and seven. Their season is almost a fifth of the way done. So it makes it more imperative that guys like Shoemaker and guys like Tanner Roark and a guy like Chase Anderson, who's supposed to be starting tomorrow, are able to figure something out, make adjustments on the fly, and deal with what they can't control in the moment. And you could see Tanner Roark trying to do that tonight. Just nothing was working for that guy. And, you know, it's a shame because he he looked all right in his first start of the season. I mean... Good enough to get the win against his former team in Washington. So he he looked like a guy who you could bank on as a number three starter. But again, when you ask someone to take that much time off and then come back to it, you're going to have outings that are rough. So I'm not as upset by these performances as, you know, I may have let on on Twitter. Because I, I at least have an understanding and I at least know it's not something out of the norm. I got angry at the Blue Jays hitters because they're doing the same crap that they've been doing for the past year and a half. I, I know I said I wasn't going to go back to the batters, but I, I need to contrast with the pitchers. Just The batters have had four days. They should have figured it out. Pitchers, you're asking them to go once every five days. And in Roark's case, it was like once every... Well, I'm trying to do the quick math. It'd be his first time out in 11 days. That's a heck of a layoff. So, again, I can't really fault him for that. I can't fault Matt Shoemaker for the same reason. He was 10 days. It's tough to maintain yourself when your spot gets skipped like that. So, like I said, I can't blame them. I can just only hope that the rust is shaken off. And, you know, by the time the Blue Jays schedule comes back around, they're in better shape than they were in these, you know, kind of weird 
rest outings. So, we'll see what happens. I believe, like, I'm actually getting to play on your quote-unquote home field will probably help. Because Rourke and Shoemaker will get to do that against Tampa Bay. They'll be in Buffalo for that. So, that will hopefully allow them to settle in a little bit as well. You know, those were both opening series of games. I don't know how quickly uh, the Blue Jays got into Atlanta, but that was a that was a quick turnaround from Atlanta to Boston. So, I'm not mad. I understand the situation that Shoemaker and Roark were thrown into, and they tried. It just wasn't very good. And that's fine. That's fine. Just dust yourself off and try again. You know one thing you don't have to, you know, dust yourself off when you try again? Postmates. Yeah. Postmates is getting really good at this delivery thing, y'all. Um, they have, you know, really stepped up during this time when, you know, things are not great in the world. And they are doing what we need, which is getting me food. Because I need my food. I had to go and, you know, try and figure out what I wanted for dinner this week. And I wanted Thai. And I didn't really have the stuff to make the pad Thai. So I ordered out. And was able to use Postmates. And I didn't even have to see the person working for Postmates. Because they have non-contact delivery. So they just drop it off right outside your door. Or you can do Postmates pickup. So I can... You know, order takeout from the Thai restaurant. And make sure I get the giant mango salad. Because I like mango way too much. I I may have a problem with mango. Meh. There are worse things to be addicted to. So anyway. Postmates is letting me support my local spots without having to go out there. And put myself at risk. Which is good. And they don't just deliver food from restaurants. They will deliver um, drugs from the pharmacy. Um, If you need beef jerky from like 7-Eleven or something, they can drop it off outside your door too. And all you have to do to get that kind of luxury is download Postmates on whatever phone you're using or tablet or whatever smart device. You find your favorites, you get anything you want delivered in an hour, and for the first week that you're on Postmates, you get $100 of free delivery credit for your first week. You just use that promo code locked on. you get the $100 of free delivery credit when you download the app. It's that easy. Code locked on, $100 in your account. It's awesome. So anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I want to talk about some good. There was some good this week in Blue Jays land. It's hard to find, but it's there. And I'm going to start with the like semi-good thing. And that is May Pearson's second career MLB start. Wasn't spectacular. Pearson gave up three runs in five innings. He walked three batters, struck out five on 80, 
on 79 pitches. I rounded up. Pearson didn't look like he was fully in control of his arsenal either when he went out for that game against Atlanta. You could see him trying to lean on his changeup a lot more despite whatever uh, signals Reese McGuire was sending out. And you have to have a lot of confidence as a rookie, but you also have to know what you're capable of. And he wasn't really lighting up the radar gun that he was, um, you know, when, when he was touching like 99 with ease. So he had to pitch a little more. And that is the sort of thing that separates a Nate Pearson from like uh, a Kerry Wood that, you know, comes out with all this heat and gets a bunch of strikeouts, but ultimately can't sustain a career. Nate Pearson has a much better chance of doing that because he has four different pitches he can use. And he knows when he can go to them. And he knows he has the confidence in going to them. So, even though it wasn't a great start, I did see enough growth in there that, you know, I'm happy to see where he continues to go. And just what he's able to do with it. I'm, I was encouraged. Um, it's, it was like the Boston Exhibition. You saw him struggle for a little bit. But eventually he was able to right the ship. And put together a, a start that kept the team in the game. And that's, that's all you can really ask your starter to do. Keep you in the game. And eventually, hopefully... Your bats will come through. I mean, glossing over the fact he's given up like four hits in in ten major league innings too. So, you know, he's doing all right. the The Freddie Freeman home run kind of sucked, but it is what it is. You can't really make a mistake pitch to a guy like Freddie Freeman. So, it's gonna happen. But obviously, the best pitching performance of the week goes to the man who is making the most money and that is Hyunjin Ryo Hyunjin only lasted five innings but it was the first time he got to five innings all season he walked three batters he had his first wild pitch in 57 starts but he struck out eight and only gave up one hit and when Hyunjin Ryu was able to do that and keep the runners off the base paths, keep them from, you know, being able to link hits against them, he is incredibly tough to overcome. And Atlanta couldn't do that in Wednesday's game. And watching Ryu work like that, again, it, it was kind of tough to see what made him a $20 million man in those first two games. Um, when he faced Tampa and when he faced Washington. It looked like he was having command issues. It looked like he wasn't able to do what he wanted, come in on the inside part of the plate, and it clearly hurt him in those games. But against Atlanta, yeah, he was he's the only one who was pitching on normal... Re- I, I guess Pearson 
kind of was too. But Ryu had his normal um, rotation through through the lineup, essentially. It was basically like with an off day thrown in. So he would have been pitching against Atlanta anyway. And he looked plenty comfortable. Again, he had complete control over what he wanted to do. Sometimes the pitch didn't break the way he wanted, but he knew what he was doing. And he finally got that first Blue Jays win. And it was very well-deserved. I was very happy to see that. And I was very happy to see the bullpen work properly. Even if Thomas Hatch gave up that home run to Adam Duvall and made it too close. I was very happy to see that. And like I said, we'll talk about the bullpen um, on a Saturday episode. Because I want to get your opinions in there. Because I did ask for the fan opinions. But given we had a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, I wanted to save it for tomorrow when I can, you know, give you all the respect you deserve. Because you have a lot of good thoughts and I want to talk about them over a longer period of time. So that's what we'll be doing tomorrow. Also tomorrow, I think I'm going to double up on Saturday. Just Just to kind of avoid the Sunday rush. Um... One of our episodes will be featuring a cut from a Locked On MLB Prospects episode that you may have seen me link out earlier uh, this week. Um, Aram Layton, who is the host of Locked On Marlins and probably thought he wasn't going to have a 7-1 team to talk about, um, has been interviewing prospects. And this week he talked to Griffin Conine, who, not in the Jays' 60-man player pool, but, you know, trying trying to do what he can to stay in shape and, and be ready for next season. So, uh, Aram Talks to Griffin will be broadcasting a portion of that interview. If you want to check out the full thing, check out Aram's podcast, Locked on MLB Prospects. And, you know, check out the other fine podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get them on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you will find the fine programming that the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer. You will find Locked On Jays on Twitter and Facebook at that handle. And you will find me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb as always. But it was useful for getting this out and letting me interact with y'all. And I appreciate that because a lot of times I need to be able to interact with y'all. Because despite how nasty a place Twitter can be, a lot of y'all keep me sane. And I appreciate y'all for that. So thank you. And we will be back with those two episodes I described tomorrow. Or later today, depending on when you're listening to this. They will be out during the weekend. So, until then, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.